up, everybody? My name is Andrew, and welcome to the Bundesliga. This is episode 30. Yep, we've made it to 30 episodes. And as far as the quarantine goes, I believe it's the fifth episode of the quarantine. So let's get right into it. There's been a lot of exciting news in the Bundesliga this week. And also I have a cool segment at the end where I will tell you guys my ideal or my favorite starting 11 of the Bundesliga so far this year. But for now, let's get right into it. So one cool piece of news that I have about Werder Bremen is that Josh Sargent, who if you guys don't know, Josh Sargent is an American player, very young, I believe 20, 21-year-old striker from the U.S. national team who's recently been breaking into Werder Bremen's starting lineup. Now the story is Josh Sargent thinks that this break, although it's negative worldwide, he thinks it's a good break for Werder Bremen and the team to clear their heads of their form this season. They're in a pretty crappy relegation battle. They're, I believe, in the relegation playoff spot in 17th place or 16th place. He thinks this break they're having right now is a good way for the team to clear their head, to kind of get over the hump, regroup, and hopefully, if the season does continue, to be able to start from a point of a clear conscience, a clear head, with focus and not be worried about the relegation battle, not be worried about their prior form, but continue on hopefully with a little bit better form. So that's what the youngster says. I think it's a pretty mature mindset coming from such a young player. So I think that's pretty cool. And uh, all we have left is to see what happens if and when the season does return in terms of Werder Bremen. So on Wednesday, there were some leaked documents that suggested that the Bundesliga could restart in May. And then the reason they were leaked on Wednesday is because on Thursday, Bundesliga officials met with some German officials. I don't know if it was with state officials or with, with, with the federal government there, but they met and they had a meeting and discussions. And it was agreed that the Bundesliga will return on May 9th of 2020. Now, while that's super awesome news for fans of football, there is a lot of controversy there. First off, it absolutely will be behind closed doors with essential staff and personnel only. Now, let me go through some of the facts that I found in a bunch of articles I read. I will link those in the show notes for all of you guys to check out. But for now, I will just kind of read through some of them, and at the end, I will kind of analyze and give you my opinion on what I think of this whole situation. So, facts are they agree the Bundesliga will, will restart on May 9th behind closed doors. And one of the quotes I read from some official was that this is under the premise that there is no competition with the general population for resources to control COVID-19. So they are trying to have as little of an impact on the general German population when it comes to PPE personal protective equipment, when it comes to testing and all kinds of medical infrastructure and medical devices, they don't want to compete with and take away from what the general German population is getting, and that's a good thing in my opinion. Under this format of returning to action, there would be tests at least once a week and before every game, and I believe after or before or after every training session. So that would lead to in some weeks, having multiple tests for the entire 
team or starting eight, 11 plus the, the, the bench and the training staff and all them. So there, there would be a lot of tests occurring at minimum once a week and at minimum before every game. So if they condense the, the schedule into where you play two games a week, you might have at least a minimum of two tests a week for some people. Now, the stadiums are limited to 300 personnel for, or I believe 320, something like that personnel for the Bundesliga, and I believe 270 for the Bundesliga 2. Now, each area of the stadium will be split into zones. That includes zone one is the field, zone two is the stands, and zone three is outside of the arena. Only 100 people maximum will be allowed into each zone, including field, stands, and outside the arena. So that is how they will social distance and be able to control who is in what zone and limit the amount of people in each zone. Now, with this new restart, teams will arrive at the arena at different times. Many rituals that they have as part of the game, such as walking out of the tunnel, shaking hands before the game, the team photo, all those kinds of things will be skipped, scrapped. They are not going to be doing those small rituals anymore. However, some of the negatives to come out of this are there will be very little transparency. As part of the article I read, they said that positive COVID-19 test results will not immediately be reported to the press. Now, I think that's a negative there because with the amount of testing they're getting and with the close contact that the players, referees, sideline refs, and officials and, and uh, managers will have to each other, you really do want to know when there is a positive test result so that you can take necessary actions to quarantine and to mitigate further spread. So I think this is a huge hit that they are not going to immediately announce positive test results. I think that is a negative there. If you're going to be doing something as controversial as restarting sports and entertainment during a time of worldwide crisis and pandemic, you could at least be transparent with it, I think. Okay, so that is what came out of the meeting that was had on Thursday. Now, the next step is the DFL and the German state officials, meaning the governors of the individual German states, will meet on April 30th to have a formal discussion about the restart of the season. There have already been two governors or heads of German states who have said that they will go ahead and support a restart of the Bundesliga and a football action in their states. However, they will be meeting with all of the officials for all the states with the DFL to determine if the full Bundesliga can return to action. However, it is expected that this is almost a formality and the season will most likely restart on May 9th. Now, one of the points I mentioned before is that the Bundesliga doesn't want to take resources away from hospitals, doctors, and the general German population for this. So the estimate is that there could be 20,000 tests needed for the Bundesliga. Now, I'm not 100% sure. The article wasn't clear if that's for the rest of the entirety of the season or if that's month to month. I I was a little bit unclear on that. But assuming they need 20,000 tests to run the rest of the Bundesliga from now to the end of the season, that, that assuming that number, currently the German capacity nationwide is 640,000 tests per week. So if that is the capacity and the Bundesliga only needs 20,000 tests to successfully complete the season, you can kind of see those numbers where that is 
definitely not going to put a huge strain on German society, German medicine, hospitals, things like that. Now, what do I think about all of this? It's very complicated. Um, it, it's almost bittersweet to me. If you've heard of me on previous episodes, I'm definitely a huge proponent of science, of listening to the experts out there, the medical experts, the scientists, the doctors, and hearing out their opinions. So with these two articles I read, I did not see much analysis or much input from those people, from those professionals with the knowledge of this disease. So as much as I would like to say that I support this, and as much as I miss watching soccer, and I'm sure if you're listening to this, you also miss watching soccer, I really do. And I would really love to see the season completed, not just because my team is at the top of the table right now, but because the race is so tight and so exciting that the football is just so exciting. And also, we've all been kind of starved of it for a while, so I, I, I just know everyone is waiting for that first game back and that first goal back just to release all that tension and, and kind of lose yourself for two hours in the TV set and not worry about what's going on in the world. But I cannot fully support the restarting of the football season without hearing some input from the German scientists, the German health authorities, and from that aspect of society. Until I am satisfied from the German health authorities, scientists, medical professionals, disease experts, until I hear a statement from them that is sufficient to warrant a reopening of the season, I would say hold off wait until we get to a point where that is possible. That's my opinion. As much as I'd love to see soccer back, I don't want to see any aspect of society hurt by this. I don't want to see more deaths. I would like to hear from the experts before getting a okay, a green light to restart the season. That being said, Germany is definitely one of the countries that has been handling this COVID-19 pandemic very well. They've had a very aggressive testing program, which has led to them being able to control and contain this a lot better than other countries. So kudos to the Germans on that. But until we hear something from those authorities allowing the season to restart, I would hold off a little bit longer. That's my opinion on there. So next up, next segment is transfer rumors. This is always my favorite one just because all kinds of wild things are allowed to play here. I'm not checking the validity. I'm not checking the sources. If I read a crazy transfer rumor, I'm going to report it because it's fun. So first one I saw this week was Mario Gozze to Italian side Lazio. Now, I am a huge fan of Gozze. I think when he made his transfer to Bayern, I was super excited. We had Pep Guardiola at the time. However, Pep didn't really, I guess, like Gozze and didn't play him as much and... You know, that really didn't work out with that player and coach combination. But I really do like Gotze. His goal is the one that won the Germans the World Cup. And in that game where Lewandowski scored five goals in nine minutes, the last goal he scored was an assist from Mario Gotze. And it was probably the most beautiful of the five goals that came from Mario Gotze. So keep that in mind. Just because he wasn't able to find his form... And he also had a health issue. I'm sure a lot of German fans have known this by now, but he had some hidden metabolic medical health issue that wasn't really found by the, the Bayern doctors and medical team. And it wasn't until he transferred back to Dortmund 
that this was found and that was kind of the reason for his poor form or drop in form. It was something that was kind of undiagnosed and unknown really. And since then, the Dortmund medical team has found that, helped him get treatment and returned back to better form. However, with the stacked lineup and players that Dortmund has right now, I can easily see that Mario Götze is not a player that is going to be getting starting time every single game. That being said, if he wants to go to Lazio, a team that can promise him some starting time, I would not be against that. I think Mario Götze is a talented player that has a lot to offer. And if he's not being able to apply his trade in Germany, I think going over to Lazio would be a pretty good move for him. So, next up. I've mentioned plenty of times before that Jane Sancho is linked with lots of other teams, specifically with Man United and the EPL is one that we keep hearing. It's probably the strongest rumor that we keep hearing. However, I did read something this week that says Dormund is willing to pay Jaden Sancho $10 million a year to keep him in a black and yellow jersey, to keep him in Germany in Dortmund. Now, that would be huge. I've mentioned plenty of times on the show as well that I would really like to see Dortmund hold on to a lot of their star players, which they've been really unable to do for a long time. And if they're able to hold on to Sancho and Holland for one more year and really build a core team with Marco Royce and Torgan Hazard and a lot of these players like Holland and Jane Sancho, I think they could be a force to be reckoned with. However, it all rests on being able to hold on to this talent. So offering Jane Sancho something like $10 million a year could potentially convince him to not go over to Man United and to stay in Germany, which I would like to see, but that's the rumor and we don't know what's gonna happen until the summer. So the last rumor that I read is that Werder Bremen's Milot Rashica is going to RB Leipzig. So he is currently the starting striker for Werder Bremen. He's not putting up super impressive numbers, but as far as Bremen goes, he probably is one of the better, if not the best players on that team. And from what it sounds like, he's been scouted by RB Leipzig for a while. And Julian Nagelsmann would really like to see him over on the RB Leipzig team, Milat Rashica seems to want to go over to that team. So this transfer kind of seems like it's almost really complete, just waiting to put pen to paper. But that would be a pretty interesting transfer. I don't know if that's a direct backup for losing Timo Werner. I don't think Milo Rashica is the guy to fill in that gap. But it could be a good off-the-bench guy, or if they want to play around the lineup and have another forward there, he could be someone to fill that kind of a spot. With that being said, an interesting thing to think about is that if Rashica goes to RB Leipzig, will this be Josh Sargent's time to shine in a Bremen jersey? He is currently one of the strikers that comes off the bench at Bremen, but if Rashica leaves, could this be an opportunity for Sargent to take that starting spot and run with him, hopefully become a prolific goal scorer? I think it's definitely a good opportunity. Like I mentioned in last week's episode, you know, if you promote the youth and promote from your academy, instead of going out and spending tens of millions of euros on new players, that could be an interesting strategy, interesting way to go. And I think a team like Bremen that doesn't have huge money to throw around, I think they could go and put Sargent into that starting spot, especially since they're not expecting to compete for any trophies anytime soon, so they're not really worried about, you know, 
dropping in form too much and, and possibly losing out a trophy, this could be Josh Sargent's time to shine. It's remain that remains to be seen, but I think it's an interesting possibility. All right, so we've made it to the last segment here where I will tell you guys my ideal or my favorite starting 11 of the Bundesliga as the season sits right now. Now, the lineup I decided to go to is a two-striker system, actually. So I really think that with the star power and firepower that's in the Bundesliga right now, this lineup probably works best to get all the best players in there. So that's the lineup that I went with. Now, here's how it's going to go. At up top, two strikers are going to be Lewandowski and Timo Werner. I don't think anyone's really confused about why those choices are there. So those are the two strikers. Then in the four midfield spots, we're going to have two kind of left and right wingers almost, and then two center midfielders. So on the left, we got Serge Gnabry. On the right, we got Jane Sancho. And then two in the middle, we got Thomas Muller and Marco Royce. So those are the choices right there in the midfield. Muller's kind of come back into a renaissance. Royce has been injury-free for a long time now and is having a great, great season. So couldn't really keep them out of there. I'm sure some of you are shaking your heads and mentioning some other players. But wait till I get to the bench because they might be on my bench if you're thinking of certain players. So that is the midfield. Then on the back four, we have left-back David Alaba. In the center back spots, we have Upa Meccano and Schultz. And then on the right back spot, we have Joshua Kimmich. Now, I know Joshua Kimmich likes playing center mid these days, but I still put him as one of the world's best right backs. And if I'm the coach, Kimmich plays right back every single game week and twice on Sundays. Now, the goaltender for my team, I really had to think hard about this one, even though as a Bayern fan, I really you know, love Neuer and want to put him there. But I did think he had some competition this season. But in the end, I did end up going with Neuer. My, the player that I was kind of arguing back and forth between him and Neuer is going to be on my bench. So now let's get to the bench and see who's on there. All right, first spot on the bench goes to none other than Erling Holland. He easily could have made the starting 11 if not for him only coming in January. He easily could have made that starting spot. He is in top, top form right now. And honestly, having him switch out for any one of those two strikers would not be a detriment to the team at all. Holland is a very deadly striker right now, and he's in top form. So Holland makes my first spot on the bench. Next up on the bench, we have Kai Havertz. Now, I put him here mainly because of his huge potential, and he's starting to come back into better form in the second half of the year since January, so Kai Havertz gets that second spot. He could play up uh, as an attacker and in the kind of like an attacking midfield spot. So for that reason, Havertz gets the nod. Next up, we have Ginter. He plays as a defensive player, so we need some of those on here. Next player is also a defender, and that's Ashraf Hakimi. So we got a couple defensive-minded players on the bench as well. Then for the final three, we have Alfonso Davies. I put him on there because he can kind of cover a bunch of spots. He can cover left wing and left back, as we've seen with him covering in Bayern. So he has also hopped into amazing form, one of the hottest left backs in the world right now, even though he comes as a natural winger. 
he's shown that he can play both spots and that's very useful to have on the bench. So Davies gets that spot. Then we have Nkunku. He is definitely one of the better midfielders that I could rotate into there for sure. So Nkunku has to get a nod. I really wanted to put Tiago in there just because I love Tiago, but you can't really compete with Nkunku's stats this year. He has the numbers, Tiago does not, but Tiago is that X factor that makes Bayern very deadly. However, I think I have to give it to Nkunku for that reason. And finally, the goaltender that I almost made my starter is Peter Gulashi. Red Bull Leipzig, he's been super solid for them for a number of years now. So Gulashi takes the spot as the bench goaltender, but honestly, I would not fret putting him as a starting goalkeeper as well. He is good enough for that role for sure. So that is my starting 18 right there. That, that, that is the 18 on the game day, starting 11 plus 7 on the bench. Those are my players. Let me know what you guys think. There's definitely some players I could have put on here that I probably didn't. So hit me in the show notes in the email and let me know what you think of my lineup. I'd love to discuss that with you guys. So definitely do that. I will put some links to articles that I read that I sourced in this episode in the show notes. So check those out because Everything I said about the DFL and the reopening of the Bundesliga, that is all going to be from the articles in the show notes. In there, you'll also find my email. That's w2bundesliga at gmail.com. Once again, that is w, the number two, bundesliga at gmail.com. You can also find my Instagram. That's welcome to the Bundesliga with underscores between each word. That is welcome to the Bundesliga with underscores between each word. So that was a pretty exciting episode. Lots of exciting, exciting news. Hopefully we'll have safe soccer back soon. But until then, my name is Andrew. I'll see you guys next time.